So I made a workout for myself this morning. That was a little bit much. A little too ambitious. Took me longer than I expected. It was, it was a situation where I had bit off more than I could chew. And I was gutting through that workout. And I started thinking to myself that that's pretty much what life is. Life is more than you can chew. You get ambitious and you end up with a mouthful. So you know what you do? Sharpen up your fangs and start gnawing till you get to that bone. Have a good Monday, y'all. Go get some. Out. Hey, guys. Lance here. Adam here. We're the Home Buying Guys, and we are so excited to be sponsoring this season of the Average Joe's Podcast, Things You Think You Don't Care About. Tell people who the Home Buying Guys are. Yeah, so we do everything real estate in Dallas-Fort Worth. We can uh, make cash offers on homes. We sell houses on MLS for homeowners. We do remodeling. Uh, we do design work. We do everything that you can think of real estate related. Buying, selling, helping, fixing, flipping, buying, holding, cash, wholesale offers. We got you covered. If you have any questions, please keep following along with the Average Joes and the Home Buying Guys. Thank you. This show's not over, it's just beginning. We're bringing people over recording. We start to get lost in conversation. We never noticed how time is flying. Do you remember when we first started? The shows were shorter, we were lighthearted. Now a few years later, you started to doubt the things you think you don't care too much about. But just remember the average Joe. That you give a listen to our show. It takes a couple hours, but you'll be fine. Another episode coming on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Average Joe's Media. I am the Average Joe Boo, and today with us, returning guest host, Jay Bird. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, bud? Good, brother. How you doing? Good. Also, first-time guest, Matt Steinfels. Matt, how you doing? Hello. I'm good. Good, man. Glad to have you. Uh, so first of all, the little piece of the intro before uh, before the home buying guys, Jocko Willink. So I talked to you about uh, the book Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was from his Instagram page. Uh, he posted that this morning, like at four or five o'clock in the morning after his workout. Okay. And uh, you know what? It was Monday. Today's Monday. Right. Figured. Why not have a good Monday, y'all? You bet. You know. So uh, so, anyways, uh, we'll probably hear a little bit more from him, and that was just a, a little bit of an intro to what we're going to potentially hear whenever we do that episode over the over that book and or some of the principles in that book. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna pre-record some of the little some little clips from the book from the audio book. Okay. So you know they can hear it. Right. You can hear it. We can all hear it and reference it all at the same time. So good deal. Anyways, uh, so that's that former uh, former Navy SEAL. Uh, today today we want to talk about. Uh, we want to, we want to talk about what happened to people, like what happened from from when we were little, 
And when we were starting to be raised, or maybe even before that, from all the stories that we hear from our parents and grandparents, to all the things we now see in society, or we see like uh, at our job, or just in passing uh, when we see things. You know, you you can walk down the street and you see some young kid just... You, you wouldn't see that 20 years ago. Right. You know, uh, you, you see what he looks like or you see how he acts or, and I'm saying he, it could be a he, it could be a she. We, uh, you know what, this day and age, we don't really know who it could be uh, or what it is. But, uh, but anyways, you just, you didn't see that 20 years ago. You didn't, you didn't see things that were just dramatically unexplainable. And social media is largely to blame for that. Sure. Number one, everybody's looking for that 15 seconds of fame or whatever, uh, you know, TikTok's, and uh, Instagram Reels, they they live on the 15-second video, maybe the 30-second video. So everybody's trying to find that 15 seconds of, well, I think it's a lot of it's dumb, stupid, trendy, uh, whatever catches an eyeball. And, uh, and man, some of it's just ridiculous. Some of it's absolutely ridiculous. So uh, before we get into it, I just want to talk about uh, the generation's uh, and uh, these are flexible, okay? So we're, we're looking at this, uh, this picture here, and this picture has some black boxes on the left and the right, but uh, right there in the center is pretty much the, uh, the, the years that, uh, that you could be you know, part of a generation. Uh, the silent generation, or also known as the uh, traditionalists, it's up to 1945. Uh, it, a lot of things say it starts in the 20s up to 45. Uh, the baby boomers, 1942 to 1962. Generation X, 1963 to 1983. Millennials, it says 82 to 2004, so there's a little crossover there. Uh, and then uh, Generation Z, 2000 to 2014. Uh, again, crossover there, who's Gen Z, who's a millennial. And then I think uh, Generation Alpha, is the one that's uh, the kids nowadays, like the younger kids nowadays, uh, what, 2014 to, to present, six years old or something like that. Uh, which, of course, there's some flex. I think there's flexibility there. Yeah, Matt, you were talking about some flexibility. Absolutely. <clears throat> so what's your what's your millennial year based on your observations? Okay, so for me, I <clears throat> the millennials, um, I put as like 1990, 1991 to about 2001 to about 9-11 because I think that group born in the 90s, um, there's a lot of factors there that they saw growing up that were a lot different than we did right. as Generation X. Right. And that's why I kind of I had the Generation X as like 75 to 90 because being somebody who was born in 1980... I think I'm just as close to somebody born in 1975 as 1985, but I'm a million years apart from somebody born in the 90s. Right. I agree with that. And so, um, once again, like you said, it's very fluid, but I think it comes down to um, parenting, how the uh, parent the parenting structure is. Right. Um, right on. And <laughs> if your parents were part of, let's say, uh, like for us, the baby boomer generation, that 42 to 62 is very broad. I, yeah, I have a lot of problems with that because somebody born in 1942 is nothing like somebody born in 1962 in any way, way, shape or form. So I would divvy that up. I would break that up to like 45 to like 60 and then like 60 to 75 right before us, before we came along. But I, uh, I think it, it comes down to generations taking 
the best of their generation and passing that on or the worst of their generation and passing it on. Right. And I think that's unfortunately what, what you've seen with a lot of millennials because I think they're, they don't know where to go. And I think they've embraced a lot of very um, radical things that you saw in the sixties as well. Sure. So I don't know. Go ahead. So, okay. So uh, my biggest thing with this is that I am a millennial according to most charts. What year were you born? 84. Okay. <clears throat> And so, uh, you know, in this chart, I'm, uh, what, a year out of being Gen X, uh, or I'm two years into being a millennial, depending on how the, the gray box is there. Uh, there is in no way, shape, or form what I, I feel anywhere close to being a millennial. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, now, also, people said, I thought millennials were Generation Y. Mm-hmm. They are. Yeah. Okay? It goes sure. XYZ. Uh, but millennials, is it's that turn of the century, 90s, late 80s, 90s early 2000s, uh, and so uh, to me, I think millennials largely are very innovative in terms of the technology that they have or were exposed to at a very young age. Sure. Uh, the Gen Z, the Gen Alpha, they're even more, they're going to become even more because they yeah. were exposed at even earlier of an age, yeah. but uh, but they have, there's a lot more in the, in the millennial generation, it's more work smarter, not harder, which in in a large grand scale, it needs to be both. You need to be working hard, but you also need to be working smart as well. And so, uh, there's of course, you know, several different jobs out there where working hard is, is relative and working smarter obviously can, can take you quicker. You do a lot less, get a lot more, but, uh, but to continue that hard work is always needs to be accompanying however intelligent or however smart you feel like you're working. Anyways, but the, to me, the millennial generation is the one that started a lot of it's, I mean, it's the e-commerce companies, it's the, it's the internet uh, websites and all that other stuff. It's all those things that can be done from home or that can be, uh, on a large scale, you don't really have to have an office to do a job well or to do, to have a big company, right? You can have a lot of independent contracting work that, can work from wherever and be just as effective as if they were in the office, if, if not more effective. Well, back in your Generation X, internet just started back in, it was late 70s, early 80s. When we played outside. Right. Well, yeah, right. So uh, millennials played inside <laughs> because all the t- you don't take the tech outside, it gets wet, and then, it, sure. and then you kill it, right? Sure. So, uh, but yeah, so that I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff. So the Gen X is the hard, gritty, grimy type of workers, uh, which... Let's face it, we're becoming significantly less of those in society, that, and we are in need of those. We're in need of welders, plumbers, uh, all those people that would get uh, specific certifications to do jobs like that, uh, whether it's house, whether it's bi- big buildings, whether it's construction, all those things. We're, we're missing out on that because everybody's trying to make the easy dollar on the Internet, and to me, not everybody's with it. Well, Gen X, you know, we were the, the in-betweeners too, though, because we, we had, I like to call them the Nintendo generation because mm. we had, uh, we had new tech, you know, we had like the, you know, the little Macintosh computers and oh, all yeah. that, like all that going on. But we, at the same time, there was very old school, uh, parts of our life. Right. So the way we were raised, uh, discipline, right. things like that to where we were able to pass that on to our kids and kind of have a, kind of a really interesting shape to the way that we looked at the world. Uh-huh. And I think it's a little bit different than the millennials. Cause I think the millennials 
saw what we were going through and realized they couldn't be like us because uh-huh. it was a totally different time again. Yep. And, and I think that's another another thing about the the baby boomers is I think that they saw this greatest generation prior to them and they realized they could never be like their parents. Yeah. They couldn't have gone through a depression. They couldn't have gone through World War II. They couldn't have gone through everything that they went through. And that self-doubt is one of those things where they they manifested success through monetary success. Right. Whereas their parents manufactured uh, success through uh, a family, good standing in society, whatever else. And I think, I think as you went on, the generations, we become more and more reliant on not getting our hands dirty, uh-huh. on uh, relying on others for things. Right. And then at the same time, the media is capitulated on, like you said. I mean, when you're talking about clickbait and whatever else, yeah. if it's bad, it's good. Right. And uh, the kids know that. Yeah. The kids know that if you can, if you can uh, pretend like you have a controversial view, yeah, it's not, it's not genuine. Nope. If you can pretend like you have a controversial view, you put things out there controversial, you're going to make money on it. Yep. So they know that. And where we go from here, who knows? And I, like I was saying earlier, is like this. You know, I have the Alpha Group as the invention of the iPhone on. Yeah. Because I think the iPhone is took a a uh, technology that was a part of our life and made it our life because now we're on our phones the entire time and it's everything's mobile. Right. So I think that that group though has a really great shot at being the next great generation because when that calamity hits, when a major catastrophic events ha- event happens, they're going to have to deal with it. Right. They're going to have to take care of us on it. They're going to have to deal with it themselves, and we'll see how. Uh, how their ingenuity is right with that generation right okay so uh so one of my biggest things about uh about where we go well to me all i see is just the growth of the technology i don't see sure i don't see new tech in terms of like all these new jobs coming that are completely everything that happened in millennial everything's happening in gen z everything's gonna happen for gen alpha uh it all started to become newer and newer and newer in terms of who would have ever thought that would have existed. Mm -hmm. For me, I can't see who would have ever thought that would have existed. I, I've seen all these sci-fi movies that appear to start having some, some, uh, some legitimacy. So like, uh, uh, one of the things that I've seen, uh, that I think is not far from the future is the hologram type computer. Uh, you see it in, uh, you see it when you watch Iron Man, Whenever he can uh, interact with the with the computer as if he's inside of it, sure. and it's around him, uh, you see it in, in all three phases from not just him but from others. And uh, I get that it can be all that can be graphically uh, engineered and make it look like it's legit. But I mean, how far away from holograms are we? Oh, we're not from holographic uh, interaction from right. to, that's genuine interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with the Zoom meetings, I think with everything that's being recorded, our faces being recorded in meetings, all this stuff, our, our voices, uh, we're not far from artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. which all this stuff is 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 in movies right now that presume to be you know 2054 before there's some kind of crazy Absolutely. futuristic look. Uh, did y'all know that in uh, in uh, what was it the um, the Matrix? Um, Neo's passport expired on uh, um, September 11th, 2001. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, weird type mm. of coincidental thing. Uh, but, I mean, how far are we from the stuff that... I'm not going to say humans being turned into some kind of a robot to be 
played in the Matrix or whatever. But uh, how far are we from things like what they were reading on the Matrix? Well, sure. Right? To be actually what, how they read text. So this is how I would respond to that is when I was talking about a catastrophic event, what if it's right now where we're dealing with the pandemic? We right. Have, we have no clue how the response is going to be as a culture, as a society after this. Right. That could be the cataclysmic event. We have no clue. But, you know, in response to, you know, what you were talking about with, you know, the matrix and everything else, you know, it's, it's a, how do we know? Right. We, we don't know. Absolutely. And, you know, it, that's a scary proposition. I think there's a few people that kind of do that are on the cusp of some of those things. Sure. You know, they know that the direction of the phone is is turning into is turning into that little wristwatch hologram thing that you see on like a Star Trek or something. We, you know, something futuristic. Mm-hmm. You you know, those people are are into that, uh, and they're into that tech because they've already maximized Absolutely. the tech they they yeah. they've invented. And you know, you know that it's a possibility because if somebody told you right now that they came up with it and it's coming out, yep. you wouldn't be surprised. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like if somebody said to me that they have this, this hologram robot, right. that's going to do this and this and this, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Sure. And, but we go back to when we were in high school. Uh-huh. So you're 1984. So you were roughly what you class of O2. Yep. Somewhere in there. Okay. So let's say we go back 22 years ago and we go back to 1999, 1998, whatever else. So I graduated in 98 and you say, Hey, you know, um, in 2021, yep. you're going to have a phone that you can look up anything you possibly could ever want, all yep. this stuff, and talk about the things of today that we think are so mundane. Right. And I would, I'd think you're nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's how, I mean, we were getting in trouble for being on our pagers, man. You know, you right. know what I mean? You like were that, texting those silly messages. Yeah. With so it's like, yeah, yeah. Go up, using the phone bank, you know, right. quarters, putting a quarter in and, and doing star or whatever. Right. So it's like, if you were to if you were to if you were to tell me that back then, I'd think you're nuts. Yeah. But now, any kind of technological innovation, no matter what it is, yeah, I I, I believe it. Yeah. Now yeah. it's realistic in terms of, of your of its believability. Absolutely. I saw something the other day. They're talking about putting a a hotel on the moon uh-huh. in like six years. Yeah. Or yeah. Something like they already that. had the capability yeah. for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so all they're doing is, I mean, all they're doing is trying to expand their reach using the technology that they have and then also expand the types of tech that exist. And so uh, is it going to make it easier or is it just going to be different? The scary thing is what is, what is what is the consequence of it? What's the consequence of it on jobs here in the United States? Right. What's the consequence of it on defense? Yep. What's the consequence of it if it gets in the wrong hands? I mean, that's we, the that's the scary thing. Yeah, probably all start to learn to be robot mechanics. Mm-hmm. Well, so but <laughs> sure. that, but that's the other. It's true to me, that's the cataclysmic event because mm-hmm. first of all, pandemic. What what are we, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Is this? I mean, um, something that has been. Uh, exaggerated or exacerbated to, to such a point sure. that it's, uh, you know, half the people in the country are really, really worried. The other half are, this is, this is BS. Kind of worried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't so want to get quasi worried. I don't want to get sick, but if I do, I do. What I, know. what I meant by that with the, the cataclysmic event is because with something like the pandemic, the shutdown itself and the loss in the economy itself has ushered in more opportunity for big businesses to take over small businesses yeah. and to kind of eliminate a lot of those jobs that people were getting right out of college. Sure. So, you know, your your big money, your big tech, your big companies love to hear about shutdowns. They love to hear about rising minimum wages because that only helps them because it eliminates competition. If you have a little bomb and pop shop, that's gone. Right. And that that works for them. So that cataclysmic event is going to be how this generation deals with Yeah 
that for us as teachers like how in the world are we still sustainable in 20 years like what is the point after after seeing this even though the online thing is totally unsuccessful in my Mm -hmm. opinion i don't think it works in any way shape or form it's convenient for people that don't want to get ready whatever i get but like the thing (laughs) is the 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 online deal if they're able to pull that off to where you give people the option of having education online or in person and yeah. the vast majority of people are going to pick online yeah it's easy then we are dinosaurs we're already dinosaurs yeah but we're dinosaurs at that point and that's the scary part is how we get back to that traditionalism of what worked best for our kids right you know? absolutely uh so i was talking to my soccer players uh, the other day and i was like listen you got to understand that there's only one thing in life that really really matters is that's relationships. Mm-hmm. You, you don't go anywhere unless you have relationships. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, if you want to run a business, if you want to have a family, if you're wanting to in any way, shape or form grow, you cannot do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have, uh, you can have your, your e-commerce to where you, you build it, but uh, who's going to send it? Who's going to share it? How is it going to get where it needs to get without some measure of relationship with somebody to help you push it? And so that's what the online stuff is doing. It's eliminating the the value of the interpersonal communication just between one person and another the respect that one person has for another because they help them get to a certain point the uh just the value between people once you lose the value between people you pretty much i mean i think that's out there in in social media you lose you lose a working society absolutely and so anyways uh but see, y'all's y'all's definitions, or I think maybe your definition. You you talked about cataclysmic event with uh, with the pandemic, but then you also talked about it getting in the wrong hands. And then, uh, well, we all kind of know what happens in in that regard uh, when things get in the wrong hands, or when the wrong people are trying to take control of something. Uh, well, the definition of cataclysmic event in one of those regards is significantly less than in the other. Mm-hmm. So if there's a tech that that's out there that allows whomever is an enemy of of you know, United States, just for an example, uh, if they can infiltrate without actually infiltrating, without actually physically being here, but they can get in our, they can get in the phones, they can get in the, uh, they can get in the streets. The, the electric know. grid, the water supply, mm, right. you're talking, I mean, All there's of a lot stuff. of things that, that could be a light switch moment. I mean, just when we talk about the pandemic, it's, it's amazing because we're going to be able to talk about this for years and years and years as I remember where I was when, like we, we do that with nine 11. We do that with so many things, yep. right? Princess yep. die, all that. Right. And the thing is, you know, we'll remember exactly where we were right. when everything completely came to a halt. Right. And our kids are going to remember, remember where they were. And they're going to, they're going to look at that event, even though when you actually look at, you put it together with like a nine 11 or something else. It's not the same, right. but they're going to look at it like that. They're right. going to say, wow, I remember where this happened. And then because of it, right. A, B, C, D and E. Right. And, and th- that's why I think it's still all that stuff's about to happen. Sure. All that, all the agreed, all that stuff's about to go down. Yeah. So, uh, so what our, our big event, the millennials big event was nine 11. Sure. And so, uh, you know, they had a response to that that then carried over into the Gen Z time and when they were little. So the the war on terrorism mm-hmm. or whatever that wh- has it stopped? Is it is it still going? Is it still? You see what I'm saying? That's, like, a, that's it's, a political right, question. I, it's I, kind. <laughs> it's it's not near as publicized. It's not near right. as covered on the media, but it's still kind of a thing. Well, I, I think you know? too. I think uh, the best part about that, and the, and this is why I love the Gen Zers, like the the kids that I have right now in class, is like this group 
is able to see in real time very stark differences in society yeah. from a couple years ago, yet, yet last year, now, next year. Right. And they're going to be able to, to have an evaluation by them for themselves that our, our groups didn't have. Yeah. They're going to be able to be told one thing, see another, be told something else, see something different yeah. and have to have to make up their own mind. And that's why I kind of call them the indifference because they're a lot smarter than we think sure. because they are being confronted and bombasted with so much stuff all the time. Right. And it's going to be, it's going to be up to them to see the, to see the differences. And we were talking about with, you know, foreign conflict and things like that. Right. They're going to be able to see that in real time as well. Right. And so just kind of like we did, I mean, we, but we, we were a different political animal right. generation because we were kind of, you know, we always went off what our parents told us and we saw what we thought was the news and whatever. Right? right. And that's kind of how we were. And then we kind of had to grow and, and have a family and, and see that things may have been a little bit different yeah. than what we were told and what we watched. Right. And then we really saw it. Yeah. When we were adults. Absolutely. And then that exploded, right? And mm-hmm. then now you have today's day and age where kids can't help but be tuned in to what is either real or fake. Right. Well, and that's the so that's the other thing is that they actually have to have uh, their mind on skates Absolutely. right now. Because how much the whole idea of censorship that's out there, mm-hmm. whether big tech is pushing cer- certain agendas or not, mm-hmm. uh, you, you do see a posts getting canceled sure. or accounts getting turned off or whatever because they said something that was way too across the line or whatever. Um, you also see anybody being able to put anything out there that they want to, true or not, right? I mean, that started kind of with the millennials early on with Wikipedia. They were able to edit yeah. all, I did. all the information. I edited Joe Maurer's page. I'm, I have to admit, the catcher for the twins, I edited his page Okay, many, many years ago. So, uh, it's not flattering. Did, so you, did not, <laughs> you didn't add anything good in there? No, okay. no it was not flattering. Okay, so it lasted for about six months. It stayed up. It did. Okay, Until months. somebody found it until and was like, we're going to have to yeah. get rid of that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that's good. But uh but yeah, but that's the thing is we had to take things at face value when we watched the news, right? Absolutely. And whenever we uh we had newspapers or articles that we could look up. Mm-hmm. Uh now face value is even it's even too much of a currency, right? Sure. You you can't you can't really see something right there and think, "Oh, that is what it is." Well, is it? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you you're putting too high a value if you're looking at it at face mm-hmm. value. And so anyways, uh, they have, they have a, a big responsibility on their hands to not just be led down the wrong rabbit hole or to be, uh, to just be sheep. I mean, sheep is an, is, is what is a huge topic. Well, there's right no now. journalism anymore. No, like it's, right. it's, 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 there's no, you know, back at a certain point, it was just facts, right? right. Like these are the facts, like Walter Cronkite, yeah. the, 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 the news cycle, <laughs> like if it, it was is. just, if it was just put out like, Hey, this is what happened. Sure. It would be thirty minutes, maybe an hour, yeah. done, yeah. right? But now you have this twenty-four hour right. news cycle, and it's filled with opinion. Yes. Yeah. Well, now, it's, now it's this is what happened, and this is why who we think was wrong is right, wrong. Right. <laughs> right, right. And so the other, right. Well, and the other thing is that they'll uh, they would retract whenever they were wrong. Back yeah, in the day, yeah. If yeah. there was something that got put out that was incorrect, you know what? We got some wrong information or whatever. They retract the statement. They put out a new one and all that other stuff. Now it's it's it stays. Well, now it's, it an, or it's, now or it's an oversight. Exactly. Right. right. Oversight. Well, it's an oversight. So a that, misquotation. So to me, <laughs> the biggest thing. So here's uh we have some we have some traits. We don't have Gen Z traits yet. I guess they're what are they? What's the age? 
that the 17 they don't have enough time in this world to really have traits oh according yeah. to the, the according to this okay. graph okay. here yeah uh but even still uh your gen z ends at uh 2009 my right? gen z starts at 09 starts no, at it ends at 09 yeah, yeah. 01 to 09 and then alpha yes. is nine and on yeah so uh, our current high school kids today right Okay, so traditionalists or back in the 40s and earlier, uh, their major trait was loyalty. Mm-hmm. Baby boomers was competition, which makes sense because they couldn't be like their parents. They had to try to some way be better or whatever. Um, self-reliance, Generation X, which that, to me, that's, that is, speaks volumes. And then millennials, and I'd say this probably also is true for the Gen Z, immediacy. Absolutely. So, I mean, with the, with the Internet... First of all, with the internet for the millennials, we want we started being able to get information as soon as possible. Now with the phones, it's even faster because we didn't used to be able to carry computers in our pockets, yeah. right? I mean, laptops started coming in the scene in the early two, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, but even still, they were a ton of money. You imagine what we would have been like in high school if we had iPhones? Oh, probably you, terrible. I mean, you have any clue like any of the technology? You know, like what what it would be like for us? There's there's no telling. There's no telling. Uh, influential events. So this is one of the things you're talking about, potentially cataclysmic type stuff or, or major things. Great Depression, World War II, Cold War, Korean War, suburban sprawl begins, first satellite launches for the mm-hmm. traditionalists. Absolutely. Uh, baby boomers, we had Watergate, women's rights, JFK assassination, civil rights, Martin Luther King Jr., Vietnam War, man walks on the moon. Uh, yeah. That's, so I mean, what do you, that was huge. What right you then. see right. there, that clash between the traditionalists and the baby boomers, what's, what's the biggest thing you notice, right? So if you look at the traditionalist side on the influential events, it's all gritty world events, yeah. right? You're talking about major uh, major things, the, the start of the Cold War. That, that first satellite launches, I mean, that's the start of the arms race, right? right. But then the baby boomers, what, what does every generation do with their parents? They rebel against it, right? Right. So if you look at that, you literally have the... I'm going to rebel against everything my parents stood for, and that's the the overarching right. like uh, view of that group. Okay. Uh, in the next one, Gen X, MTV, AIDS, uh, Gulf War, 1987, stock market crash, fall of communism, Berlin Wall, uh, the Challenger shuttle yeah. explodes. Uh, I mean... I don't know how the Challenger shuttle exploding was a was a influential event because there was how many of those shuttles that that didn't, right? But that one somehow. Well, that was a big one for us because we watched it on TV. Like, we, okay, yeah, that, know, I guess that I makes was in sense. kindergarten and we watched that on TV, and that was a that was a big thing. The MTV thing I think is very big here. Yeah, because we really were the MTV group. Yeah, we, oh, the, that was the one. That was the one thing where what you saw on television really started to influence your behavior. Absolutely. Uh, or, you know, you wanted to be like mm-hmm. so-and-so, or you wanted to potentially have a career that took you on to TV, yeah. whereas before your careers on TV were game show host, talk show host, news anchor, yep. uh, or maybe an actor in, in some sitcom. You know, you had a bunch of sitcoms uh, that started in the, what, uh, 70s or whatever that started to actually be re- really pretty good. Yep. Uh, millennial generation, so uh, internet, that was, I mean, basically, uh, so I think the internet began in Gen X, but it really took off with the millennial generation. It was really utilized the way it was intended or 90s, the way yeah. somebody thought. Sure. Uh, social media started beginning of, uh, beginning of 2000s-ish. Uh, I know that whenever I was in, uh, I was in college, Facebook started, what was, when did Facebook actually start? Like 04. Right. Okay, so but MySpace, MySpace started. MySpace, right. yeah. Uh, 9-11 terrorist attack, uh, death of Princess Diana, and Mother Teresa. Uh, 
Princess Diana was huge for a lot of people. Uh, but again, that was when I was pretty young. Um, when was when was that? Uh, Ninety seven, I believe. Okay, I, I would have been a, I would have been what uh, thirteen years old then, and not really paying attention to news. I was I was into sports and anything that took me out of the house. I actually the Princess Diana death. I remember exactly where I was because I had uh, I was listening to Kiss FM. Okay, and they broke in to talk about it. I right. remember exactly where the the intersection I was when that happened. Right. But yeah. So, well, okay, so OJ's uh, not on here. No, no, no okay. I remember that. That's true. Yeah, that was. Right. Uh, well, I remember. I remember from a standpoint of, uh, of the all the all the chatter from it. Right, right. the glove doesn't fit. Right. You must quit. I would have loved to things. see social media with OJ. Oh, that would have well, been a good one. How many things would you have loved to see social media back right. before social media or internet was even really a thing? Yeah. Uh, you see all the. Uh, I mean, anybody that talks about um, the serial killer type of uh trials and stuff that go on you see all the the netflix shows about them now but what if you were seeing the updates in real time time, as opposed to back in whenever it happened uh but that's the kind of that's kind of the cool thing about how social media is now you're not gonna you're not gonna have those questions you're not gonna have to rely on uh documentaries to be able to get the info you can go search it up for the most part. Now, we relied a lot on documentaries. We wanted to see anything about World War II. We wanted to see anything about any war. You had to watch a documentary. But, but now we have to be now we have to be concerned about if we're going to be able to actually look up and find honesty uh-huh. about what we're trying to trying to research. Right. Right. So like, you know what I mean? Like so if if there's something that you believe might be different. Right. If big tech if big tech is able to censor that to where you can't find that. Right. Then what's the point? Yeah. Then it, then anything you read is is garbage, but everybody takes it as fact. Absolutely. So, uh, but that's the one. That's the other thing that if censorship mm-hmm. starts to kind of become a a thing of the past, which I'm hoping that it does, just yeah. from the standpoint of I don't care if it's if it's true or false, you should be able to research everything. Right. You should be able to get every opinion or fact or whatever unimpeded. It's a sh- scary thing because if 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 if, if the people who are being censored are being censored. Right. And they are, you know, big global folks. Right. What's uh, to stop the government from censoring me, you, right. you, anybody else? And just right? everyone. Like, just everyone. Right, and right. only pushing whatever they right. want to push. Right. Absolutely. That's the scary thing. That is the scary thing because, because I mean, the whole freedom of information and all that other stuff, uh, freedom of speech, all those things start to become infringed upon. Right. Sure. So, uh, all right, let's look at uh, some defining inventions. Uh, the fax machine for the traditionalists and the radio. Uh, you always hear about the the older generation. They'd sit down and listen to the radio like kids now oh, yeah. sit and look look on their iPads. I do fax. love a good fax. TV I do love whatever. a good fax. Like that, well, <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, you like you I, like getting the fax. I every like now getting then. the I like getting the confirmation. Uh, personal computer and television <laughs> for the baby for the baby boomers. I mean, personal computers were those. Uh, with those MS DOS type computers yeah. for them, um, I remember getting a, one of the Mac. One of those, uh, I'm, man, they were. It was a little Mac tower where the screen I think was on the tower. Um, it was all one thing except the obviously the keyboard, but uh, it was. I mean, the screen was f- six inches in diagonal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a small screen, but it fit on the on the unit. That's and awesome. uh, we play. I played Risk on it. That was pretty mm. much the only thing I played because it <clears> could roll dice and it could. Uh, you know, you could select what you wanted to do, and it would have a result. It would have a, a programmed result in there for you. Do you remember the old Apple, the little small gray ones you could yeah. play Oregon Trail on? Like, that was, I mean, the height. Yeah, I, no, I never saw, I know, I didn't even hear about Oregon Trail until uh, 
when Chris was on with mm-hmm. you, and he mentioned it, and he kind of crucified me for it, but I'm right. sitting back thinking... You haven't lived. Until uh, you've died from typhus, you've yeah, never right. lived. You have not lived. <laughs> right, so my dad, uh, my dad was, a, was not very wealthy. My dad, uh, my mom, she worked at the daycare so I could have, so they could have free daycare, ultimately, and get a little extra money. Uh, it took us, it took us until I was almost in high school to have that computer. I was we didn't have a computer about. either for the longest time. Right. Like it, for the longest time, it's a huge deal when you got one. It yeah. absolutely it's like was. the television sets in the fifties. Right. right, if you got one, you're like wow, you know, it's this amazing. is this is the coolest thing. Yeah. Well, so, uh, but even still, my cross section of friends, no computers at their house. If they were. Uh, we didn't play on them. We were playing basketball in in the in the driveway, or we went down to the sure. park and played home run derby at the nearest softball field or whatever with tennis balls. I remember uh, going out barefoot. I was just an absolute idiot. We did it in the summer. I went out with flip flops or something and went out barefoot onto the thing, played a uh, home run derby for about an hour and a half, and then came home. I couldn't walk the next three days because my feet were the top yeah. of my feet were sunburned. What's well, generational difference again? You know, what, if we were sitting sitting inside playing battle toads or you know. Ninja Turtles or whatever on Nintendo my hey get outside and play with your friends right now it's we don't want you outside because we're scared of what's going to happen right right. there's too many there's too many variables we can't control outside that's a that's a that that sucks yeah (laughs) absolutely does does. Uh, which is what making country life for people our age and a little older country life is becoming a lot more uh ideal because they can then go outside and play when your nearest neighbor is three clicks away or whatever So, but uh, it shows the distinct difference too between urban and rural. Yeah. Because you know, like I, you know, back then everybody played. Right. But now it's like we don't want our kids going out if we're in any any kind of an urban area. Yeah. We don't right. whatever because of what could possibly happen. To right. Them. Yeah. There, man, there's just there's too many. Well, and that's the thing though is because everybody's looking for their next famous thing, and that famous thing can be a felony. It yeah, can be right. a, just a something that you, who whoever is walking down the street, if they get some hair to be squirrely and do something while your kids are out there, well, you're having to basically deal with the aftermath of something that somebody was trying to just get famous for or become popular or become headline news or whatever uh, on Twitter Which trickles or down to all the problems of today when you're talking about reigning in the police and whatever else right it, when you when you create a society that's anxious and doesn't know if they're going to be safe anymore that's a that's an endangered society and that's why i think you know with with the generation gaps you know it's really going to be up to our kids yeah like how they're going to adapt to all this because there's no way they're going to think that all this is okay right okay so here's going to be some of the things that we see for, between the generations that uh I think as teachers, we start to see a little bit more now because we start, to, we, how many, we've seen, uh, well, we, what have we seen as we taught? Um, we've seen, I've seen Gen Z and Gen Alpha as I've taught. Have you, did, did you jump into the millennials? Did you teach any millennials? For my time zone? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, the kid- Actually, I'm sorry. No, no, no. We are, we are teaching millennials and Gen Z right now in high school. Yeah. I, I but like I said, I, the millennials, the beginning of the millennial group, yeah. So where they, they are later is a considerably different group right. because they've seen such differences in society as they've grown. Right. So I think with, with us, when it comes to family, um, I think as, as educators, it's fa- familial involvement oh. in their academics. Right. That is, uh, you can definitely see the generation difference. Absolutely. And, and then that's the biggest thing that I think a lot of us agree on is... 
I, I hate the term how you identify because it's being taken to such an extreme with all with the genders and the uh, there's just so many things, and I don't want to get into it because it's too much of a slippery slope. But uh, how you identify as a, as a generational person largely is who you were raised by. Absolutely. If you're raised by your grandparents, uh, you probably have the values of your grandparents, which are baby boomers, most likely at this point. Respect. Uh, maybe er- early, early Gen Xers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you were raised by a millennial because, well, how many millennials are raising kids now, right? If you were if you were being raised by someone born in the 2000s, because uh, what's that? They're 21 right now. If you yeah. were born like right around 2000, uh, you're 21 right now. So you were you're being raised by somebody who was probably born in 80 to 90, mm-hmm. uh, depending on what they put themselves into. Uh, you're going to have a significant difference in terms of your attitude towards life. Absolutely. Uh, what you can or can't accomplish, what you should or shouldn't go after, and all these other For things. For good or bad. And I, I, right. I, I love this point because I'm glad we brought this up because I think of it honestly as, you know, you spend your, your formative years and your early adult years trying to trying to not be like your parents. Right. And then you turn into them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so like... like sure. And it, it really is true. And, you know, you look at you look at like discipline, right? When we were growing up, you know, you, you stepped out of line, your dad caught you. You got popped. I mean, you got popped. I mean, that's how it worked. Yep. And the thing is, we know now as parents that that's probably not the best way to go about it because they're going to, th- you know, your kids are going to think that using violence to solve problems is whatever. And we get that. Yep. But it did its point. It, 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 it worked. It, it played its, its role. It worked. worked. Right. And so, so me growing up, I was like, man, I don't want that to happen again. So therefore a, I'm not going to do that action again yep. and be out, you know, that, that kind of thing. I want to keep it from absolutely so, makes so sense to in, me in, in, in baseball, <laughs> in baseball. Right? Yeah. So let's say I, uh, um, I'm going to baseball practice with my buddy back in, in 1997. Okay. Right? And we get out and the beer can rolls out. Okay. Coach finds us. Uh-huh. Coach runs us till we puke the uh-huh. whole nine, right? You don't want that Call, to happen again. Calls dad. Yep. Dad goes up there. Yep. Dad's sitting in the dugout drinking beer with coach while we're running more. Yep. Yep. Today, you think that would ever happen? Absolutely. I mean, the... the there you, would be something. Yeah. But, but it, it would be... Wouldn't be like that. It wouldn't be to the scale yeah. that it was. Absolutely. The, 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 the fear. There, There's nothing wrong with fear. Yep. When you, when you fear consequences, it's a positive. It's yep. not a negative. Right. So if... And that's another another issue, which is discipline. With it is, yeah. So if 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 people are afraid to commit a violation, they probably will either knowingly commit the violation, knowing that they're going to have the consequence, right? Or they're not. When there is no consequences, they're going to do it really which is what you mm-hmm. see a lot of a lot of times today. There's Absolutely, zero consequences. Uh, how many times at school have you seen somebody acting a fool because, uh, you know, you as a teacher. If you report it, nothing happens. Oh, you just, you know, I, I, I look at it like this, you know, it, we, we've seen such a, an, uh, evolution slash devolution uh-huh. of, um, what we're able to do yeah. as educators. And I think we kind of take on the, uh, the persona now of, you know, if I don't want a problem, I'm not going to create one. Right. So, and, and the way that you go about it is now based on your interaction mm-hmm. with the kid. Would you rather have a positive interaction with them or a negative interaction? No. So if they do something stupid, you go up to them and you say, "What's like? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Like why are why are we acting silly? Why are we doing something dumb? Mm-hmm. Right? You know this is wrong. 
why would you do it? And you have a conversation with them as opposed to just straight writing up a, a office referral or whatever. And you try to you try to bridge the it's gap between. It's more of between, a familial role. Right. It's more of a parenting role. Absolutely. Is what it is. Which it shouldn't be. Nope. But it also in some way, shape, or form says a lot about the teacher that's going to do that. Sure. Right? Are they gonna Are they going to try to step in and, and do something that would positively benefit that child as opposed to just straight send them to the office, make them hate your guts for the rest of however long they may know you or whatever and resent the situation. Now they're resenting school. They don't want to be there. It, it, it affects all the relationships, right? The people that you report it to now have a preconceived notion of what this kid is like uh, based on your report to them. Are you in any way, shape, or form biased? If you are, then your report's going to come off biased or it's going to come off maybe a little exaggerated, and then they're going to be going off trying to discipline them off an exaggerated report. Uh, to me, that's largely why office referrals is something that I hardly write mm-hmm. because um, I feel like I can have a a small ther- uh, therapy session with that kid where I'm the therapist, they're the patient, and we can maybe come down to the the roots of the issue. Like, why are you? Why are you? Well, okay, something happened at home. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You know, well, is what can I do for? What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. And that type of stuff, which is is what we are there for we're there to help the kids but at the same time we're also trying to mend all those fences that are broken down we're trying to take uh we're just trying to take emotions and feelings which let's get into that in a second feelings is the predominant thing that separates uh let's call it millennials like later on millennials with everything else um feelings wasn't a thing before it, I mean it was but it was a private thing it's how it's how I feel I take care of me how I need to take care of me and then now everybody needs to know so my feelings look at like my, my best example of this is look at uh, bullying uh-huh so how long has that been around growing up long yeah time. right yeah so growing up you know hey dad so-and-so is bullying me what right do you want me to do about it you take care of it yourself right now we've created and it, not for a, not for a, a negative back, you know, 20 years ago when all this really started and all that. Right. But now we've created such this uh, this uh, culture of trying to find victimhood in everything. Yes. And I think that's yep. really what the bullying thing did, because now you can you can claim bullying for everything. It doesn't matter what it is. As soon as you paint somebody with that mantra. Yep. As soon as you paint somebody as, you know, whatever, launch that allegation, that charge. Right. Then it's over and kids weaponize that. Yeah. And they've they've been able to see that this victim of culture, you know, this culture, culturehood of victimhood, um, they can exploit. Right. You know, absolutely. Well, that's, I think that's the thing is that they, they, they weaponize anything they can weaponize Mm -hmm. kids because kids, I think are more intelligent from the standpoint of the information is so much more readily available to them. Uh, you, you have videos of Elon Musk saying, why would you go to college? You can learn literally everything you want to learn. Yeah, learn a trade, internet, man. Absolutely. Right? Uh, if, if there's something you want to know about, Google it, and you can learn it. You can get step-by-step instructions. You can get uh, situational awareness out of it. You can Whatever you want to learn, you can learn it. Uh, well, so they take that to the extreme, in my opinion. So like uh, spanking your child. How many kids kind of weaponize that against their parents because uh, I'm going to call CPS? Or they can. Or whatever. And, of course, most of the people that are being called by CPS have a line of questioning to determine, are you abusing your child or are you just disciplining them Mm -hmm. or whatever? If you're smacking them in the head, you're probably going to get 
cited for abuse. Sure. If you're spanking them on the butt, uh, you're probably not right. And and some I've I've, I've heard uh, police officers um, whenever they're talking uh, to a parent where a kid has said. Uh, sir, she's she's beating me or whatever because he's trying to get squirrely and and tell on his on his mommy or whatever. Uh, the parent, the officer, uh, did you did you hit your child? I spanked him on the butt. Okay, you didn't smack him across the face. You didn't you didn't uh, you didn't try to like break his arm or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm being I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they're like, okay, as long as it you know as long as it's not violent, you're you're hit you're spanking him. We need more of that, mm-hmm. right? Cops are un- understanding of that that some corporal punishment is necessary, right? Uh, but it it can get out of hand. Well, the kids know that they can try to purport it to be out of hand bef- right. when it's when it's not when yeah. it's normal, you know. And I say normal. Uh, I was spanked as a child. I think all three of us here were. Sure. Uh, I spanked my and children. And turned out all right. Yeah, I spanked my children when they needed it. Right. Right. If it if I, now the difference between me and my dad, my dad was immediate spank. Uh, I step out of line, boom, you're getting a spanking. Uh, that it might not happen right then, but better believe it when we get home, you're getting a spanking. For me, uh, it was more of a, I'm going to teach you that that's wrong. You do it again, then you're going to get a consequence because you know what? Before you didn't know that it was wrong. Until you saw my reaction, right? Yeah. And so now, and I think teaching has has brought that into me, right? The kids don't know it until they're taught it, or whatever. So they're not going to be able to know how to do math until they're taught a sequence of steps. Well, the kids aren't going to know how to behave until they're taught what to do or what not to do in situations. So uh, I took that with my kids. If you do this again, then these are going to be the we're going to have a consequence. Right. And I took it, like I said, I took a teacher approach where it was teach. Small consequence, big consequence to end it, to prevent it, and spanking was was ultimately where it went. And uh, spanking didn't didn't affect my seventeen year old at all. Mm-hmm. She didn't care about being spanked. She did at first. It'd yeah. be like my daughter. My daughter would would wouldn't you know? Yeah, and, and like well, I, it's it's all about it's all about how you are with your kids. I absolutely, mean, in every way. Well, but and then what is discipline? Discipline is an action that you do to try to prevent a behavior. Sure. So you know, discipline can make. Can can be a, th- a million different forms. It can take so many different forms, uh, but you have to find what's effective. Well, she was the uh, the age where getting a phone or getting an iPad was brand new for kids who were ten ish years old, mm-hmm. right? So, clean your room was a punishment, uh, which I think shouldn't have been because she'll ne- she'll never clean her room now if we're telling her to clean their room as a punishment. Whenever they get their own house, it's going to be garbage because it feels like punishment. Uh, so you had to take something away, something that was extremely valuable. Well, when that didn't work, I, if spanking didn't work, I took I took my I took my little claws and one pinch on the butt. I tell you what, she's so sensitive that that worked. She did not want that to happen, and uh, and that's all that it was. It wasn't. It wasn't major, you know, a big time spanking. It wasn't a blue butt, which I got one time. My dad told me you don't get to go play your baseball game if your butt's blue because I spanked you so hard because you did something stupid, right? You made me that angry that if your butt's blue because I spanked you, you can't play. It's completely backwards the way that it. So I went to the bathroom, looked at my butt. It was black and blue, and uh, and you know what? I just I just gritted my teeth, sat down as if I didn't have any kind of any kind of pain on my butt, and. Uh, and he never knew that it was black and blue. And but but that's also the generation. 
generational differences. Uh, anybody's butts black and blue from that, it's going to be world news, right? It's right. going to be somebody's going to hear about it. Somebody's going to take a video of it or picture of it and and then put a caption on it. And then now all of a sudden there's some kind of you know uh, major inquiry, right? Uh, the way we grew up, your private business was your private business. You kept it at home. You didn't. You didn't spread it. You didn't do any of that stuff because you took care of yourself. You took care of your business when you needed to take care of it. No, well, I mean if you if you know if you got if you got swatted or whatever else, you did something that warranted that. Right. Now, if there's other, you know, there's of course there's going to be abuse and there's other, you know, whatever. But you know, back in the day when you know if if you crossed your you crossed your dad or your mom, I mean hell, your mom, my mom would put me down quick. Yeah. You know, and and. I, I didn't want that to happen again. Right. So therefore, I would, I might sneak around and do stuff, right. but it's not like today where they know that there's no consequences whatsoever to their actions. Right. It's a whole different deal. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, so some other categories that we're looking at: education. Uh, traditionalists saw education as a dream, which makes sense because it wasn't as readily available back then as it is now. Uh, Education is a birthright for the baby boomers. Uh, it's a way to get there for Gen X. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for millennials, it's an incredible expense. Uh, I would say for Gen Alpha, it's now, uh, or for Gen Z, it's now optional. Uh, sure. Or maybe Gen Z and on. Uh, attitude towards authority, traditionalists, honor and respect. Uh, baby boomers replace them and challenge them, which kind of yeah. makes sense. Uh, what you got, uh, when did, uh, what was it, uh, with all the hippies? Woodstock. When did Woodstock happen? 1969. Okay. Okay, so this, uh, so that's that could potentially be a, uh, a little gray area there between the baby boomers and the Gen X. Uh, your attitude towards authority, ignore leaders, which also kind of makes sense there as well. Millennials, leaders must respect you. Sure. Now, this is, this is, this is uh, media driven. Sure. And this is also this, uh, this overgeneralized. It is, but, in a way. but the attitude toward towards authority, yeah. that is so media driven because when the media promotes uh, challenging authority, right. Or they promote ignoring your leaders or um, saying that you are more important right. than anyone else. Absolutely. Then that's the narrative. Just like we said back in the day, when we actually believe the news is if they said it, you know, Walter Cronkite, Oh, that's, it's what it is. Yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> I think that's starting to be challenged, why, which is why I think that Gen Z is a lot better off than before, because I think they're challenging that. Right. Um, but this is definitely, you know, honor and respect with traditionalists. Right. I mean, I would, I would, that, that is one of those things that is, that is parental. That is ingrained. If you're, if your parents oh, yeah. tell you, this is how this is, this is, this, yeah. you, you don't stray from that. No. On, when it comes to honor. Well, not when you have a parent that's involved. Absolutely. You can have a parent that's not involved that still tells you that, and if nothing happens, if it don't, don't follow through with what they mean, what they say, what they mean, and do what they say, and all this other stuff, <clears throat> uh, then it's it's just as what anything they tell you is irrelevant. It's very true because you can then do whatever you want to do, learn your own ways about things. Uh, career means for a living for the traditionalists, general focus for the baby boomers, uh, irritant for the Gen Xers. Which listen, that that makes sense from whenever uh, with my dad. Uh, you know, he had he get he came home more irritated about his job than anything else, right? There was a boss that he had to listen to that was younger than him or whatever, uh, that made him do menial tasks just because uh, they had a bad interaction one day or something like that. I mean, just things like that. Uh, and then millennials always changing. I would say that that's probably going to remain constant. 
uh, for quite a while. I mean, how many ways can I get, can I make money? Especially with right. all the different parts of society going away. Right. I guess because I have a podcast, <clears throat> that means I'm a millennial. But <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so interactive style. Interactive style is a couple different uh, things on here. Um, like I got, I got a couple different charts that have interactive style. But uh, team player, traditionalists, baby boomers were self-absorbed. Gen Xers were entrepreneurs. Uh, and then somehow it comes full circle. Millennials are now team players again. Uh, in another chart, it says that uh, with the veterans or the traditionalists, interactive style is individual. Uh, baby boomers were team player or love to have meetings. Gen X were entrepreneurs and Gen Y or millennials were uh, participative. I think traditionalist team player would be um, patriotic. Yes. Whereas I think the team player millennials is if you're on their team. Right. Agreed. Uh, well, yeah. So that makes sense with the other chart that I got here. Uh, it's workplace characteristics. Uh, participative. Uh, the millennials is the basis for the participation trophy. Like that started late 90s, early 2000s when uh, winning and losing was was starting to cause complexes in these kids. Um, that is real. Right, you you have a job. You are competing with somebody to get a job. You can't both win. The dawn of the participation trophy. Absolutely, that's that's the millennial generation. And I'd say it's the more uh, the closer to what you said the millennial generation was the '90s and on. Yes. Uh, because listen, I know that I did not get if I got anything participation wise, it was uh, it was the medal, and it was. Most likely because we were on the winning team, but I wasn't the MVP. Sure. Right? And, you know, the MVP got the trophy, the team got a trophy, and then the rest of the team got a medal for it or something like that. Uh, or, you know, for second, third, first, second, third place. Anyways, now it doesn't matter what place you place, you're going to get a participation trophy. Matter of fact, winning and losing has kind of gone, oh, it's okay if you don't win because, which it is, it but is, it's not. Right. It is, but it's not. Like if you are playing a sport, you want to. You should be wanting to win. If you are uh, just out there making sandcastles, uh, you still get a participation trophy. Well, no. And of course, I'm 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 looking at both sides of that spectrum, right? The kids who are out there who put the jersey on who do nothing because it's not interested in mom and dad is pushing them to be in athletics or in some activity outside of their house, they get a participation trophy. Well, the kid who's also there trying to trying to be the next professional ball player of whatever sport it is, they also get that participation trophy. Well, it completely uh, undervalues effort, which effort is a huge quality that Mm. people don't, aren't getting recognized for near as much as they should. It makes right? those kids that are busting their tail go, why am I busting my tail? Absolutely. Everybody's going to get a participation trophy. We don't got to win, you know. Uh, but at the same time, the kids busting their tail know they can't get where they want to go unless they bust their tail. Mm-hmm. But then they got to sit back and be like, oh, yeah, I was on that team. Some other kid, I was on that team. We were awesome. You weren't. You <laughs> You weren't doing anything. I, you didn't help anybody because you weren't participating. You didn't do what you should have done or could have done to help us. Even if it was even if it was minute, but it was helpful towards the goal of the team. 
You know, and that's listen. I, I'm I'm pretty old school in the way that I go about that. I'm probably getting some trouble uh, with anybody that hears that that differs. But uh, but my, listen, my point is, if you're playing a game, you should be trying to win it. You take the lessons that you need to take from the winnings, from the losings, from all the little uh, life lessons that might be there. But at the end of the day, it boils down to: Did you do what it took to win? Mm-hmm. Well. If you didn't, did you learn from that experience? Right. Right. Absolutely. So I think the the way that you better yourself in anything is you build on the successes and you learn from the failures. Mm-hmm. But if we're just going to get a participation trophy, it takes that learning from failures. It takes that building on success, and it just completely mitigates it. It undervalues. Yeah, and what makes it even that. worse today in today's day and age is we say, you know, yeah, you lost, but it wasn't your fault that oh, you lost. Yeah. I mean, oh, it was, yeah. it was ex- extraneous circumstances that right. contributed yeah. to our loss, not you. Right. So you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that know? and uh <laughs> uh the individual statistic has become so valued mm-hmm. that it has overshadowed the team accomplishment. So uh whether or not the team won or lost, okay, well how did you do? Yeah. How, like what were your statistics? Well that's great when you're getting recruited for for a college or whatever. How well have you done? We're looking at you to come play with our our program, not everybody. So to me, there's a fine there's a fine road where the individual accolade is necessary. Once again, it well, comes the, down to you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just like with my boy. Like I tell him with his, his his grades or whatever. Like I don't care. Yeah, if you make an A, a B, or a C, right. right? As long as you did your best. Sure. Absolutely. And that's the thing, because we talked about effort, right? Like, are you putting in that work? Are you putting in that effort to to do that? If, if, because, you know, for for certain kids, maybe their forte isn't math. Maybe their forte isn't science. I get that. Absolutely. People are different. Yep. That doesn't mean that some kid that's not good at math or science is stupid. Right. right? They just have it. They don't have. They're they don't the, have the whole that, right, right brain, like, left exactly, brain. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. But it's, again, it's all about that effort, right? right? So if you're not, you know, if you're not putting that in. And I'd say that's where the participation trophy yeah. devalues yeah, of that. Course. It just, effort is now relative. Right. It doesn't right. really matter. Well, I don't have to do much because I'm still going to get a trophy. Right. Unless it matters to the individual right. kid. Right. You know, not their parents, but to the individual kid. Because they're still going to get some sort of recognition. And listen, I understand recognition being as it is. Kids feel like they want to do better because they get recognized more if they do better. Right. If they give more effort. But at the same time, you can't acknowledge a kid that gave no effort as if they did give exactly. effort. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so You're setting them up to fail. 100%. But, then, but at the same time, there's no failure. <laughs> Right. When everybody gets a trophy, right? You know, so anyway, it's it's backwards in the way that it's it's presented. But the millennial generation well, is the generation that began the participation trophy, uh, or it was the uh, the new Gen X parents, like the end of Gen X, yeah. that had the millennial kids that perpetuated that idea. Well, and that's when you get into the the feelings, right? Like everybody's worried oh. about your feelings. Yeah, and, and I hey, I mean, I I get feelings. I get it. They I have their it. place. I get it, right? But I'm, but also with my boy, like try to prepare him to be mentally tough, 
yeah. right? Because right. this world sucks, yeah. you know? <laughs> Absolutely. It does. Absolutely. It does. Like, it's not, it's not easy, right? And I tell him, like, things that he deals with right now, it's not going to end. No. You know what I mean? Like, there may be, there may there, there's going to be bullies or there's going to be jerks all throughout the rest of your life. There's sure. going to be people you work with that yeah. you don't like, yeah. right? Absolutely. But you have to be mentally tough enough right. to know, hey, you know, and to simplify it, hey, you know, there's, the reason that, the, that that person is that way is that's because there's something wrong with them. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. Right. Right. Like, but again, his like level mental, of narcissism exactly, is exactly. higher than yours. Right, right. Right. But just, but just, you know, you've, you've got to be strong because it's not, we're trying to make a perfect world where nobody's feelings get hurt right. or anything. That's yeah. not going to happen. Which does not, not exist. Perfect. There's no, the world even, is not perfect. There's no possibility right? like of it's, that. It's, it's, it's 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 like we're we're trying to go for this thing that's never going to happen, right. right? Because people are people, right? You know, so at at ten years old, you might as well start learning how to deal with these things now because they're not going to end. Absolutely. And speaking of things that are never going to happen for some of these millennials who don't think they got to really work to do anything, like buying a house is probably something that they may not be able to do. Do you have a home you need to sell in a hurry? You're looking to move out, move on, but this house you have has you stuck. Repairs you can't afford to take on, maybe a recent life change that requires some asset liquidation, or an inherited property you just need to sell. Give the home buying guys Lance and Adam a call at 972-521-1817. I was in a situation where home repairs were much needed along with a dramatic change in the family unit and I needed to get out of my house. Lance from the home buying guys gave me a call after my inquiries of selling my home fast and within 24 hours they came to my house, gave me a proposal that was everything I needed to be able to sell my home. They take care of all the hard work and make sure they give you a fair comprehensive estimate for your property. They're the most straightforward, honest, and hardworking guys you'll meet, and they will tell you if it would be better to make the deal with them or go through the realtor and traditional home buying process based on their evaluation. Don't wait if you're in the market to sell and it needs to happen quickly. Call Lance and Adam, the home buying guys, at 972-521-1817 today. Okay, so for all you millennials that need a way to buy your house, you know, y'all need to... Oh, here we go. You need to get... Uh, you know, first of all, you need to get a job, right? You need to then also be able to, uh, uh, I'd say, maintain that job and then save a little money, have a little dedication to some kind of self-control that, that saves that money. Then you can be able to buy a house, right? Good luck on getting the millennials to uh, to understand that concept. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I would say that... Like uh, walking and chewing gum is pretty tough. So. Millennials or Gen Z? Which one are we talking about right now? Uh, well, I'm going to go millennials. Okay. Gen okay. Z still has a shot. <laughs> They're still young enough to where they potentially could uh, overcome that little hurdle. It's good seeing Ryan Robertson on the uh, yeah. chats. You know, he's got a pretty solid uh, beard now if you've Does he? You know, seen Ryan. I have, well, I had not, well, he worked with us, right? Uh, he did. He did. Baseball coach? He was. Is that right? Football, yeah. Good looking uh, man. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But, uh, uh Anyways, uh, so Darlene Steinfels. That's that's my mom. That's mom. That's mom. Uh, participation trophies are such a downfall for our young generation. It leads to disaster and lack of character. Yeah. That is so harmful. She taught me well. We can, we can really, really see where how you were raised from that yeah, common there you go. And you know, it's funny. You, you were, like he was talking about, you know, dealing with adversity. You right. know, I think I think uh, when you grow up, your parents uh, teach you, especially if you're a you know, the best generation, of course, the Gen Xers, uh, right. if, you're, if you're one of us, uh, you know, your, your parents teach you, um, you know, th- 
when adversity hits, you don't run away from it. You confront it head on and you figure out a way to make yourself better. Just like with failing at sports, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no athlete out there who's ever not failed. If they say they have, then they, you know, they haven't, then they, you know, they're lying to right. you. So we, we deal with that adversity. And I think the problem with today is, um, trying to eliminate adversity. Yeah. So instead of, instead of making it to where kids can confront things. Yeah. Not, I mean, not just like bullying. Cause they I, go tattletale. Yeah. It, it's, it's <laughs> you, you deal with things in your life that happen. You know, we do it as parents. If you're, if, if your kids are arguing with each other upstairs, right. you're not going to cater to every whim and go up and do it. Deal with it. Right. Take care of it. Right. If, if, if I have to go up there, there's going to be a major problem. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it, you teach your kids in, in that sense. So why not do it societally? Right. So I, I don't understand why we eliminated all adversity. Now everything's the same. Everybody has to be equal. Right. It, it, why have sports? Right. You, know, you don't teach your kids to go out there and just play. You right. teach them to go out there and be the best that they possibly can be. Absolutely. Right? So I had this. Uh, I had this little event. It was a parenting. I, some people might call it a parenting snafu. Some people might call it genius. I don't know. I, I, let's let's say that I don't know where I fall on that. But uh, uh, so my my daughter, when she was let's say pre ten, somewhere before she was ten, and her cousin, who's about the same age, about six months younger, they were here in this house when it was my parents' house. Uh, they were playing in the back room, and they were playing over this. It was one of those big two-feet balls, like blow-up bouncy balls, you know. And they were just – it was only one in the house. And they were they were playing with it when they were arguing over it. And so my dad and my mom, one of them, said, y'all figure it out or, you know, you won't get to play with it anymore. Well, that's all they said. I mean, it's very, very much just words and no action behind it in any way, shape, or form. Then – uh, my niece's mom and dad, one of them, basically said the same thing. Hey, 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 quit arguing. We don't want to hear it out here. If you are playing, play nice, all this other stuff. It got a little more stern, right? And I'm sitting back thinking, okay, you're 0 for 2 because they continue to fight. And so I'm sitting baseball mentality, strike three. I go in there with a pair of scissors, I pop the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, there's no more ball now. Y'all are going to have to find something else to fight over, or you're going to have to understand that whatever it is, y'all can't get along. It's going to just go away. Now, the reason I did it was because, number one, the ball was $2 and something cents. I mean, it was it was a very, very cheap ball. And I wouldn't, I said, Dad, if you need another one of these balls, I'll buy it. Like, it doesn't matter. They just they needed to see the immediacy of losing whatever it is that they could not come to some kind of agreement upon I mean, they couldn't share it or whatever and both uh both my brothers of course at this time my oldest brother had the youngest child uh and he would always say well when 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 julie is that age she won't be doing she won't be doing that stuff and we're sitting back like okay okay let's just let's kind of put the money where our mouth yeah, is here let's let's that's see way. what happens uh and so anyways when we have kids right <laughs> right we'll never do that uh, listen i tell you i tell you <laughs> okay. what uh his children are two of the most whiny kids that that exist and right now and they're still whiny they're 12 and 10 now where they should they should now be kind of able to be content doing things and if there is some adversity able to kind of work through most of it without whining and, and running to mommy and daddy you know and uh, and it's it's really kind of funny that now that they're that age that he was talking about, uh, he's like, I don't really know what to do. Like, dude, you were an expert about eight years ago, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get with it, big dog. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so just like when we were growing up, absolutely anything we that was that our parents did to us that we didn't like. Yeah, you know, when I have kids, yeah, it's never right. gonna, never gonna happen. Right? Oh shit! Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was a. 
That was me. Uh, yeah. but, you know, uh, when I have kids, I'm never going to do this to them. They're going to yeah. do this. They're going to do this and this. And then right. life happens. And right. then you become your parents. Absolutely. And there you and go. And so anyway, so all every one of them were like, that was really violent. I said, no, it wasn't. It was a rubber plastic ball right. that got popped. Yeah. And it can be replaced. It's not like I went in there and like attached a piece of dynamite to a live kitten right. or something. Right. And I said, hey, watch this happen. This is what happens Deal with whenever it. you fight over stuff. You're going to have something explode in your face. The kitten thing would no. have been something, though. Well, that would have been something. I'm trying to tell Well, if I would have had some black cats or something, I'm, there may have been a cat without some hair on its tail <laughs> running around the neighborhood. Yeah. But. But anyways, come after us on that one. they were coming at me like it was the most violent of acts for their children to see. And I'm sitting back, well, number one, one of them is my, ch- my child, so I don't think that it's that violent. Number two, uh, what y'all did was very effective, you know, sarcastically speaking. So something had to be done. That was the method I chose. Was it the right way? Uh, maybe could have just taken the ball I mean, and moved to another have, room. You could have threatened to... Like cut it in half. Yeah, I could have. Right, you, know, you get half each, of this ball. Exactly. Right, you. I, I but, really could have. But negotiating, I, I'm not with, Solomon. Negotiating but I feel you. I'm not but Solomon. I feel you though. You know. Yeah. Man. Yep. Uh, so who who does this ball belong to? Right. Uh, well, you each get half. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, equal, equal halves. Right. Uh, well, as equal best halves. as we could make equal that. I mean, halves. it did have lines on it. You know. But anyways, they said it was so <laughs> violent. I'm sitting back like, no, it was so effective. They're not fighting, and they didn't fight over anything else the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. But immediately, the reaction by the parents who didn't want to get up and do anything at the moment uh, was that was the worst possible thing that you could have done. <laughs> I'm right. sitting like, no, I think I could have smacked them in yeah. the face too. Yeah. You know, I, there could have been something yeah. else I did that was way worse. But anyways, uh, but but that that's my dad coming out of me, man. It, it's you're gonna you're gonna if you're gonna get up and have to go fix it, you're going to fix it and it's probably going to be a little bit extreme from on the scale sure. of extreme versus sure. not yeah and it's going to be something that they don't want to happen again yeah yep remember hearing They're gonna don't remember make me that. get up yeah. yeah don't make me yeah, get yeah, up yeah. right i mean that's you hear that <laughs> yes yes sir yes sir we went to separate corners at that point in time and, and we became content with whatever yep. we had because we knew the alternative there yeah. were consequences right? You right, you heard that up. belt. My grandmother, uh, <laughs> go pick your switch. I had to sure. pick a switch. How before. ridiculously mm-hmm. uh, mind warping oh, is yeah. that? Uh, if I pick this one, it's gonna break my spine. Right. If I pick this one, right. she's just gonna she's gonna come pick one out right. here that's about three times yeah, as big yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, there's a psychological game that parents have to play to where they have to get in the mind of the child. Mm-hmm. What do we not want them to? to do and mm-hmm. how do we make mm-hmm. that happen what's going to be the most effective and every child is different with my three children every single one of them acts differently in terms of discipline sure. if i, I want to uh, taking something away is probably the the commonality there where they don't want to lose a device or they don't want to lose a toy or whatever but outside of that that only goes so far mm-hmm. right okay he's not going to take it if, if we respond this way or right. something like that. Right. Okay, well, you know what? Hey, let's don't take something away. Let's, uh, whatever. I've And I've still told them they're going to get, they're not in 10. They're still going to get a spanking if they deserve it, if they need it, if that's going to be what's going to be effective. Uh, I, I'll go a couple avenues. If I don't have to spank them, I won't immediately. Sure. Uh, which is the difference from, from our raising. Right. But, um, but I mean, you have to find what's effective to these kids. And that's the, to me, that's the problem. That is what's happened to people is that 
nobody knows how to critically think about what's effective for the kids coming in their place. Or the other problem is, is that at the moment, at the moment, it's easier not to discipline, right? Yeah. It's e- like oh, absolutely. It is. It is so much more difficult and time-consuming, you know, to 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 deal with it at that moment, right? right? Yeah. Rather than you know, it's an inconvenience to you at this point, right? I see parents all the time, and they just—it's almost like they just ignore what's going on, right? Versus, you have to put some time and effort in. Uh-huh. To you know, you have to keep to at being it, right? A parent? Like, do you know? You're, right, right. But like, you know, <laughs> like I sit there and think, like, how many times have I had to tell my boy what do you say? Right. You know, like when somebody does something, like, hey, what do you say? Thank you. Right. Right. But you would think, well, after a few times, I say, hey, what do you say? Like, he would know the next time that he needs to say thank you. But then the next time he doesn't say thank you, right? right. So then I have to put that effort. What do you say? Right. right. Absolutely. Over and over and over and over until they get it. And then when you see them start where you where you finally don't have to uh-huh. say, hey, what do you say? Because he automatically does it. Like, well, it's about time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is, is there there's time and effort that it takes to to train a child or uh-huh. whatever. And it's not just it's not quick. Right? How many how many times on social media, and I know you're not on, on many social media right. apps. You're on Facebook. Right. Uh that may be it. That's it. Uh but like on Instagram, are you on Instagram in uh, any way? I'm not a grammar. Okay, good. Uh you I mean it's the rabbit hole and I've gotten down that rabbit hole, but I've seen a lot of videos where these kids are uh they'll have a caption and they'll make a video of them and they're man, they're five, six, seven years old. And they'll be on a tablet or an iPad or whatever, and the caption be like, okay, mom, you want to take my device? And so then it'll kind of come to a point where the device turns off or something, and they're like, now you have to play with me. Now you have to spend time with me. Now you have to show me what I can do and all this other stuff. Uh, so do you really want to take the device? You know, Right, <laughs> right? right. And so it's, you know, it's what is going to be effective, number one, to the child, and number two, what are you willing to do as a parent, right? If you're not willing to discipline the, the child and then deal with the aftermath of the discipline, uh, you probably should not have kids. Yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. And we learned, you know, the thing is too. We learned, uh, we learned the um, convenience of appeasement uh-huh. as children, right? Like if we complain enough about it, our parents will appease us with this, yep. and then we kind of turn that into our parenting style as well. I mean, I'm uh, I'm guilty of that. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big appeaser. The reward, wife, yeah, versus my, the consequence. Yeah my, yeah, my wife will testify to that. I mean, she's the disciplinarian, right? Um, but like, like you said, I don't want to deal with it. So here, here's this iPad. Hey, yeah. here's this. Here's this. You want to play on your phone? Go ahead, man. And I think that's kind of I, I think that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, see, I'm very I'm very old in the way that I discipline the kids. Uh, I'm the disciplinarian. And, uh, and they know really quickly they, what I've done, and this is probably a detriment to me or, or just how I am in general, I have, I, I would play around that they were in trouble, uh, and then show them my reaction when they weren't right. And then, so they had to start reading when I was being silly versus when I was being mm-hmm. serious. And I honestly think that that's a, that that's pretty effective. Uh, so they, so they know when you're serious, uh, obviously you, you can't just do it once and then expect it to magically be. So, so I did a lot, right? So I'd play around with them a lot and they did something. I'd be like, Hey, just kidding. 
you know, right. I'd, I'd wink at them, right, uh, or whatever, and then they'd they'd kind of at first, okay, okay, like mm-hmm. I, you got me, right? And of course, I'm a natural joker. I, I find humor in a lot of things. I try to create humor out of a lot of things, and so I did it with parenting as well. But there were times when the when the line was crossed, well the little wink at the end or whatever, the little smirk at the end. Wasn't there. Didn't follow. Yeah. And then you continued it, right? You continued with the lesson or you continued with the punishment or whatever it was. And so they've they've been able to pick up, like, Dad, you're just kidding. Yeah, you're right. Like, they don't even let me get to the right. wink because I do, I do believe that there is a, a ton of things in this life that are absolutely menial. They mean absolutely nothing to the grand scheme of things. Uh, how how really important is it to teach that lesson at this point? Uh, my in-laws, they would say, uh, hill, like, is that the hill you want to go die on? You know? Sure. Uh, is that the lesson you really, really got to teach them at this moment? Or can you find a way to, to just say, listen, that's probably not the best way to go about it and move past it seamlessly? Things like that. But uh, a few comments here. Uh, Chad Wilkinson says, uh, adversity builds character. It sure does. 100%. Right. I mean, how you deal with something that affects you negatively says so much about you. I say it in sports all the time. If uh, it, w- the character of a team is shown after a loss, right? If they lose a game, maybe say, let's say they've, they've never lost a game. When they lose that first game, how do they come back, right? Do they, uh, do they fight to where maybe they don't win – you know, they might not win, but they fought the, the next game, and they still lost, but they fought. They didn't give up. They didn't just roll over and die. Uh, Robin Godwin said, uh, oh, she agreed with me about the popping of the ball. Thank you, Robin. Robin's I appreciate that. Great. Yeah, Love you, Robin. Yeah, I mean, that was clearly, to me, that was clearly exactly what should have happened in that scenario. And then, uh, and then Mom says, uh, question, when the greatest generation has finally departed, will their values disappear as well? Which... It's it's, I mean, it's 100% hypothetical because you don't fully know and you're not going to know everybody's values unless you have a, a an in-depth conversation with everybody. But who who were those values imparted upon? Right. Were were they carried through your exactly. family? And that's where the whole identify as a Gen Xer or yep, a yeah. baby boomer or whatever. And did society value those? Will society still value those as values? I would um, say now. that's probably more what her question means. Yeah, and I, I would say no. I would say that I would. I, I think you could. I think we could create some of those values again. But I, I think I think the uh, that generation's view of the world and yeah. how they parent and right. how things how they deal happen. With adversity. Yeah. Is is never going to be the same because of technology, because of yeah. how we are now. Well, because right. of technology, and because it's it's in in the in the in the social sphere with media and everything else, those types of values I think are going to be become less popular. Right. It's going to be unpopular to have those values. Right. Right. It's going to be so unpopular. It already is. Yeah. It already sure. is. Yeah. yeah sure. You're right. Just Absolutely. look at a couple of the simple ones like modesty. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's that's a thing of the past, yep. right? I mean, uh, yep. most people now are trying to get recognized. <laughs> Why are they famous? On their scantily cladness, right. on their lack of modesty. Right. And modesty doesn't have to do sp- simply with clothing, uh, language. Right. I mean, do you have modest language? Uh, well, most of the things you see, uh, if you have young kids around and you don't want them hearing that stuff, you have to either have your headphones in so you're the only one hearing it or you have to know when to mute right. the screen or whatever. Uh, modesty is a thing of the past. Yep. Now, it's not in certain households, 
right? And mine and my kids want to go wearing uh, spaghetti strap shirts and stuff. First of all, my 10-year-old is getting close to puberty sure. and things are starting to happen and I'm sitting back like, you know what? Maybe you wear a full sleeve t-shirt. Right. You know, maybe you maybe you wear a little jacket over that. I don't, I don't care if you wear a spaghetti strap shirt, but wear like a wear a pullover to come with it. Uh, wear a little a little jean jacket or something. Just because there are things happening now that are going to be taken the wrong way. People are going to be looking differently. There's all kinds of things and I'm sitting back like we we're going to have to be a little modest in this house. Yeah. You know, you you don't have to never wear stuff like that. Right. You just got to choose when you wear it and right. where you go when you do. Um, and so anyways, so that's just a, a little one. But I mean, think about all the chivalry. Chivalry's dying if it's not already dead. Right. You talked about your, uh, uh, you talked about Carter running across the street, uh, right. or not across the street, but across the parking lot to right. hold the door for right. a, a, a couple ladies walking into a restaurant or so older people walk. Nobody does that anymore right. unless... That's what their parents yeah. said was something that was polite yeah, or yeah. that was uh, made people feel special yeah. in some way that somebody else was thinking about them. And okay, well now you got some people doing it, but it's kind of just dying because it's not being perpetuated right. unless it's in your family, yeah, right. right? And so yes, society is going to it's going to kill if they haven't already killed yeah. all those values. Yeah. But uh, okay, so uh, I posted this in a dad group chat just to kind of see i got like 502 responses or something. i think there's still some kind of rolling in here but uh just some of them were pretty were pretty funny or what happened is old people are still griping he didn't say griping about younger people like they always have like they always will yeah i'm not saying we're old but we're older than the, gener- the two generations yeah. that are now here yeah right Oh, we're dinosaurs yeah. to them, man. Absolutely. Mm. But and and what they how they act or what they do is not very appealing to us, right? It's not something we would do or we have recommendations that yeah. uh, maybe you ought to do this differently when in reality that's probably not going to be the case. Uh one person said I don't understand the question. <laughs> he's he's clearly a millennial. Uh He said uh he said they ate Tide Pods. I ate crayons. I'm not them. Yeah. Right? I mean, so your differences in generations are who's eating the stupid stuff that right. somebody's telling them to eat or whatever. They're trying to get them, uh, trying to get them some kind of recognition. Uh, uh, one guy put, 81 is not millennial. I grew up analog. Yeah. So, okay. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Uh, one guy put, I'm 84 and was told that I was Gen X growing up, so that must have changed recently or it's complete BS. I, yeah, on again, my timeline, you are, buddy. Yeah. Oh, again, it's the, it's the gray area that... Um, between the generations, yeah. when is that? Right. And so my wife is too. My wife's a gen. If you, honey, if you're on here, this is my uh, my my new time adjusted timeline. You are a Gen Xer, so okay. you're not a millennial. So there you, you go. You can walk and chew gum. You can do a lot of things. <laughs> That's funny. So do not hit me. Uh, so does that mean that anyone who had a kid in 2020 is a COVID generation? Just trying to get a well, little. Well, hey, there. I, okay. I got to tell you this. In another 15, 16 years, when I have kids at their birth dates are january to like october-ish 2021 i'll be like yeah 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 i know where you came from spent a lot of time at home (laughs) that's true i know what that one was all about that's funny uh okay so the next question here was why is every why does every generation think they're better than the next and we're gonna kind of read the little little replies that came from that 
Uh, so one guy replied, said, because wisdom comes with age, the term sophomoric comes to mind, you know, uh, because people, uh, because people are a-holes. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, in general, they ain't wrong. Uh, because people are completely bored in their simple life that they have nothing else better to do than to just apparently complain about the next generation or say that they're better than the, the next generation or whatever, the previous. Anyways. Back in my day, right. we had pagers. But that's true, though, too. <laughs> but, it, I mean, right. there's some truth to it. Right. Absol- well, there's truth, in, there's truth in almost everything you read. It's just not complete. Right. If it's, right. If it's not fully right. true or right. if there's something... Right. Uh, but you yeah, know, you, misleading. You become who you are because of life circumstances, right? You know, I tell my kids whenever they're talking about social issues, you know, like have a very light version of your stance until life happens to you and you experience those sure. situations. Right. You can have whatever thoughts you want. Sure. But don't ironclad that until it happens to you. And then right. that's also why people are, you know, that's why you see such a difference in the in the, the generations when yeah. it comes to voting and whatever yeah. else, you know. I think I think uh, the missus said that she's a millennial. Yeah, she's and she laughed about she's it. She's not so. happy with me. Uh, so chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, I think she saw that one and didn't didn't enjoy it. Uh, eight, so I, I somebody posted this eight signs you must be an exennial. So this is that crossover there between Generation X and Millennial, okay. where uh, I think what you're talking about 1990 and on mm-hmm. versus the early to mid 80s, uh, which is the end of Gen X, but maybe the beginning of the quote Millennial. Anyway, so number one played Oregon Trail. <clears throat> Uh, use dial-up internet. Yep. The fax machine kind of transmission. Right. Uh, here, there's a floppy disk. Yep. That uh, a cassette tape, a floppy disk, a all-in-one desktop computer with mm-hmm. the big rectangular box, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a Walkman. Yeah. And uh, a dial telephone. Yeah. You know, you had to The rotary the, phone. Right. No, no, no. In the rotary, the one where you got to... Oh, is that not what it's yeah, saying? I think oh, that's saying a real, like I mean, it's a, you know, like it had a keypad. button. Yeah. Uh, so, use dial-up internet, grew up without social media, remember AOL, Yep. made mixtapes, yeah, which, oh yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, if yeah. anybody yes. was, a, if, if uh-huh. in any way, shape, or form, we were trying to get the, get the ladies' bet. attention, you bet. we found yeah. the mixtape. Uh, didn't own a cell phone, which I think that there's a, a, a cutoff point once cell phones became... Sure. When when they sure. became available, then you started to yeah. get them. But Big difference between uh, analog, like homeboy analog phones, and the iPhones. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so uh, you played Snake on the Nokia mm-hmm. phone, right? Uh, the closest you had to a smartphone at, at any point in time into the '90s was a BlackBerry, right? right? Where you could right. maybe get the internet, and then at that point in time, you had to type. I mean, you you couldn't find the buttons with your fingers because they were so small. It's true. Anyways, uh, so used to disc, Discman or a, or a Walkman. Uh, loved New Kids on the Block. In KOTB. Yeah. Who didn't? Who didn't? Well, uh, okay, so Jordan. number eight, obviously, is uh, is a preference type of thing, right? If you were into R&B, you probably weren't into a whole lot of New Kids on the Block, which was more pop, you know, related. It's kind of like the, uh, what was it, the early to mid-80s Justin Timberlake type of, or sync group, mm-hmm. basically. Wouldn't you agree with that? What when they were big? Yeah, it was basically in sync for the eighties. Oh 80s, yeah, sure, sure. Right? yeah, sure. So, uh, yeah. which I never, I never listened to New Kids on the Block until oh, later. Haven't lived. Yeah, man. Right. I mean, wow. I heard them in, you know, later on, but I didn't grow up listening to them because 
Number one, I was the youngest of three boys, so I shared a room with my middle brother. We listened to country. There you go. 100% country, right. nothing else. So that made me not like country because I got to listen to it. I've heard that. Yeah. And I've a heard that before. And a lot of it was just depressing. Mm. A lot of country music mm. lyrically is depressing. Mm. Uh, I'd say now it's it's become more mainstreamed, which also doesn't make it very good in my bad. opinion. Yeah, it's real country bad. exists. Like Luke Bryan. Stuff, you know? Yeah, it's horrible. Right. So, uh, but anyways, and then my older brother. Baby, <laughs> you a song. Let's do that. No, let's get out of that. Let's, <laughs> let's get out of that. If we're talking, if we're talking country, that I'm even going to give a shot. We're talking Garth Brooks. We're there talking Tim McGraw, there, well, uh, yeah. Tracy Lawrence. Yeah. Tracy yeah, Lawrence, is, uh, yeah. man. Uh, listen, I'll even give uh, I'll give several Willie Nelson songs a shot. But you uh, made my speakers go boom boom. Yeah, that's <laughs> Joe Boo. You know. So, anyways, uh, my older brother, who I didn't fight with near as much, so I got along with. He listened to more hip hop and R and B stuff. So, uh, Boys to Men was a group that I listened to growing yeah. up a lot, and yeah. uh, which then turned into the Babyface or the, the well, I think Mace I think our generation that was the first one to really go cross spectrum where we listen like our mixtapes, like yeah. our mixtapes were truly would, a mix. Yes, I mean yes. you're talking like Ace of Bass yeah. with Depeche Mode, with yeah. this, with Country, with whatever. To where, because it was what was on the radio, but right. it was all kind of fused together. You know, right. Like, it, uh, it was those stations edge, now. The Edge. Yeah. You know, um, uh, all those different stations, they would play all kinds of different stuff. So and, so I think we were kind of the first ones to kind of embrace the whole, like, right. ge- all the genres. Right. Yeah. You know? So I would say that uh, that my playlist is significantly more versatile than someone's now. Absolutely. Right. It's very, very concentrated into what they like or Absolutely. what their friends like or whatever, and they hardly step out of any kind of box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I'm listening to, I'm listening to anything from, uh, uh, 70s rock yeah. to anything now that's catchy because of where I'm at, right? If I'm in the portables or in the locker room with the kids and they want to listen to a song, they don't want to listen to the songs that I grew up listening to and liking or you make them. This, right. You should make them. Well, I do yeah. at, at times, yeah. but, uh, so right now I've gotten the, uh, uh, I'm gonna look at my playlist real quick and show you what I'm making them listen to. Uh, it is um, the message, Grandmaster Flash. There you go. And then uh, sh- what? Sugar Hill Gang. There you hey, go. Yep. Rappers Delight, right? Yeah, yep. Rappers there Delight, the ten minute one, mm. right? Not the mm-hmm. not the radio edit one. And then um, here we go. Where are we at? Uh. So we got some other brick, uh, the Commodores, Brick House. There you go. Um, Long Train Running, Doobie Brothers, mm-hmm. Edwin Starr, War. Mm-hmm. What's it good for? Nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, and we got a little parody for that. Yep. Uh, that you know, all you got to do is listen to our last two episodes to hear that one. Uh, Jump around, House of Pain. Jump around. Uh, the theme from Shaft. Mm. Here comes the Can hot stepper. It? Ooh, I need Camozzi. Yeah, right. Mm, phenomenal. Dancing Machine. Mm-hmm. James Brown. I got the feeling. I got the feeling. Uh, I forced this down their throat. Little John Denver, Take Me Home, oh, Country yeah. Roads. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. Yep. Johnny Nash, I can see clearly now. Yep. Oh, there's that one. Uh, Uptown Funk, because it's newer age. Right. Not that great. Right. Beat It, Michael Jackson. Yep. Crazy Train, Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. Rapper's Delight, I just told you. Ice Ice Baby. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some of the Rocky Balboa or the Rocky soundtracks. Eye of the Tiger, No Easy mm-hmm. Way Out. Survivor. Oh, No Easy Way Out. Yep. Great hair. Uh, Great hair. Top Gun Anthem. Why yeah. not just get some instrumental in there? Yeah. See, I, I'm a big believer that, that words ruin instrumental music and instruments ruin song. Okay. Okay. Now, they can oh, complement each other. Yeah. But largely, it's now become such a... Uh, like now everything's auto-tune and yes. uh, yeah. instrumental stuff is way better than auto-tune. Like if yeah. you just did instrumental stuff. Now it's just both words and music. Right. It's all the it's same. It's just all bad. Right. right. Now. Uh, Break My Stride. Yep. Yep. Uh, Low Rider. There you go. There you go. Uh, California Love. Tupac. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah. Anybody? Wilson Puckett. That's right. <laughs> I wasn't going to nah. say the name, but I figured. Use Me. Bill Withers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we got we got like I said I got some newer ones. Uh, a Wall Nation sale. Bad Wolves did a zombie. Uh, uh, par- uh, not parody, but uh, uh, what's this, what's it? Whenever one one group sings cover a, a cover of Zombie by uh, Cranberries. Cranberries. The Cranberries. It's and I feel like it's really really good and it's put into that alternative big time alternative right. sound. Right. Uh, Bruno Mars is 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 not the kids nowadays type of thing. But it was like right before them, so I add a couple of those in there. But then Coolio, Gangsters Paradise, yeah, yeah, and then I uh, like the Weird Al uh, spinoff of that one, the uh, Amish Paradise. Uh, I, think was, I have not heard that one. Oh, yeah, but oh, that uh, kids nowadays don't know who Weird Al is exactly. unless somebody yeah, throws throws his name out there. Uh, but then I got some Flo Rida, who is uh, what uh, early two thousand or like early twenty tens. Yeah, right. he's from Florida. Uh, Did you know that? Uh, that's yeah. why I'm, I'm just saying. No, it's what it is. Uh, Club can't handle me. Low, uh, my house. Yep. Anyway, so it's a, it's a mix of stuff that pretty much goes from the what James Brown when when is James Brown and uh and Johnny Cat what was the sixties right late sixties maybe right. uh up to 2010. So I mean it's a huge it's a 50 ish year range of music that. I do force down their throat a little I would bit. say you need to put a little ACDC in there. If this uh, is like sports, like getting getting, getting well, folks pumped up. Okay, so I do have a playlist that has Thunderstruck okay, okay, and some okay, other things. Okay, I got okay, several okay, things. All right, you got it. But, of course, I, I went through a little phase of, of alternative or like 70s rock. Sure. 60s, 70s, 80s rock sure. in there, which I don't think 60s was rock. But uh, So you're looking at all those groups like Survivor, ACDC, Journey, uh uh, Black Sabbath, mm-hmm. um, Pink Floyd, all I mean, there's there's so many more, and I'm sure you guys probably yeah. know more than I do. I know you Zappling. do, right being out. an audiophile right, right, that you are. Right, right, right. But uh, speaking of uh, Highline Apologetic, it just released music unapologetically. His new oh, uh, did he? podcast. He's asking when we can come down oh, and record. Yeah. So I told him after soccer season for me, which yeah. would be uh, probably mid April. Late April at the at the earliest. Sign me up. And so we're gonna we're gonna okay. take a little trip Good whenever deal. you don't have Carter. Good deal. And then I'll you arrange bet. the girls yeah. uh, to be with their mom. Yeah. And we'll go down there. We'll record. Hang out Let's a couple days. Uh, man, you're gonna you're gonna love Adam. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know where I was going with that. Other than these kids nowadays just don't have they're 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 pigeonholed. They are mm-hmm. right. They're pigeonholed in in the tech that they watch, right? They're always on on uh, TikTok, or right. they're always on Instagram. They're always on social media. They're pigeonholed to their phone. Which, uh, how many times do y'all put your phones down and go do something? 
Right. Right. You get away from the, the cell phone. I get kind of crucified when I do that, especially if my girls are here, because then I can't get a phone call from their mother to check on them or True. whatever. But I'm, I'm sitting back. like, uh, It's for my own sanity here right. that I'm mm-hmm. not on my phone. It's I don't need to be glued to it and they don't need to be glued to theirs. Right. But at the same time, I get it, you know, warriors or whatever. But uh, but anyways, so it's just, man, the, the generational differences to me are astounding because between, I would say between the baby boomers up to the millennials, before the millennials started, there wasn't a terrible ton of difference between the generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, agreed. It just was, like politics. Right. It was, a, it was a, a seamless transition from one to the other. Oh, I can see how you, how you, you know, think that that's something, or I can see where, how you got that. Uh, yeah. Millennial and, and beyond, it's, it is a clear divide. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's no bridge. The, canc- the cancel culture of today is a direct, a direct result of that. And I, I, I see, and that's the thing that the Gen, the Gen Z and the Alpha kids have to deal with is how are they, are they going to continue to embrace the, um, the attitude that if you have a, a differing opinion or you listen to different music or you right. think a certain way, you're wrong. Right. Or right. are they going to be more open to embracing like right. we were? Right. I mean, honestly, the, the Gen Xers were very open to everything. I mean, we're like the first real equality generation when it comes to everything. Right. And, and there was a small sect that, that wasn't. Yeah. It's, it's almost like those are reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, uh, there was a small part of society that didn't want to include a lot of things or didn't want to give the opportunity to people. Now mm-hmm. it's, there's a small group that, uh, that does, that does. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anyways, it Which just, is weird. Like, yeah. why would you, it, <laughs> how is that a thing? I don't, I don't understand it either. But I mean, again, the, the generations are kind of ridiculous, uh, in terms of what we're dealing with right now. And you know what? It's probably just a lack of understanding of what they're going through. We didn't go through, right? Yeah, we didn't, right. we didn't have the same experiences anyways. Uh, so I have this uh, I have this graphic here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read from it. Uh, basically, it has uh, people through the generations, and it identifies what they are, and it has some uh, responses to, yeah, just some general situations or maybe something they might say. Uh, so we'll look at the, we'll start with the baby boomers and work its way back. We have an old lady, an old man, that says uh, there's something wrong with women in the fam. Are there something wrong with women in my family? Uh, and then the dad or the granddad said this country's going to the dogs. Uh, then you have the mom, the dad, and then the teenagers, and then the the uh, looks like infant uh, or toddler. So uh, the mom says, uh, "My daughter is an embarrassment." The dad says, "How will I get or how will he get a job with that hair?" The daughter dressed in punk type stuff. The son like half punk because of the hair, but just kind of a basic t-shirt jeans. Uh, the daughter says, "My parents are an embarrassment." The son says, I'm going to be a celebrity when I grow up. And then Gen Z, the toddler over here, I love my granddad. He lets me play with worms. <laughs> I mean, it's just a very basic thing of how, of how you know, you describe the generations going down or how the new generations view the older ones or whatever. And it's, I mean, it's pretty comical, in my opinion. I might have to put it out there just so people can see it. But It's true, though. Uh, but it's just the differences in attitude, behavior, perception, culture, language, priorities, social norms between generations. I mean, you know, how many times are we? How many times are we called boomers? You know, right. just because we say something that doesn't that right that, that isn't the vibe. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I said that on air. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so the last thing I want to talk about just uh, 
just to kind of get it out there, we were introduced to this at, in a teacher's workshop one time, uh, the, the growth mindset versus the fixed yes, mindset. Absolutely. Uh, so to me, the only reason that this is a thing is so somebody could get paid to make diagrams. Because it is basically the difference between having an open mind and having a closed mind, mm -hmm. which open-mindedness and closed-mindedness have always been a thing, right? If you resist change, you're closed-minded. If you're willing to change, you're open-minded. That's basically the difference. So we have, uh, I don't know, eight charts that explain, and they're all somewhat different, eight charts that explain a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And if you are so dense that you don't know what a growth mindset is or a fixed mindset without some kind of a diagram, education failed you dramatically. Uh, so, I, like, I don't, I don't understand. So growth mindset is freedom. Fixed mindset is limiting. A growth mindset, we preserve the face, uh, a person, excuse me, persevere in the face of failure. Effort is required to build new skills. Find inspiration in others' success, embrace challenges, accept criticism, desire to learn, build abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like well, the biggest. The, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest obstacle to this today is um, the dictation of media and society trying yeah. to tell us that we are now in a fixed mindset. Yeah, and we no longer have a growth mindset due yeah. to this whole victimhood culture. Right. So like when we were growing up, no matter what you looked like, no matter where you came from, whatever background, if you worked hard enough, yeah, then you would be, you, you could be successful. Absolutely. Nowadays it's that it's times that on steroids, because now if, if you're a failure, it's probably because you tried to be a failure. Absolutely. But we're, but we're being told as a society that there, that, it's fixed that they, you can't succeed. Right. And, but that's not true. It right. flies in the face of what's actually accurate. So right. the growth mindset is great. I mean, that's what everybody should be. Right. Right. But if, as you're reading this, it's like, man, this is the parameters for fixed is what society's trying to abridge onto us right now. Yeah. Okay. So fixed avoids challenges, gives up easily threatened by other successes. Cancel culture. Right. right there. Desire to look smart. Uh, social media. Absolutely. Effort is fruitless. Um, I don't get that. I can't do anything because society says I can't. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Participation trophy. Yep. Effort is fruitless. Yep. Uh, ignores feedback. Fixed abilities. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, to me, duh. Right. This is this is saying things that that anybody that has the desire to be better in whatever they're doing, they have the growth mindset ingrained in them. Right. Or they see. A limitation that they've put upon themselves, and then they work to get away from that, mm -hmm. right? And it's and they don't have to have a diagram to see that, right? Right? Maybe people like again, maybe people are so dense that they have to have this diagram, and maybe that's how this job became available, where people were making these right. diagrams and getting paid for right. it or whatever. Uh, so then we have uh, we have some quotes for fixed versus a growth mindset. Fixed mindset: failure is the limit of my abilities. Okay. That's true. Uh, I'm either good at it or I'm not, which I would say that in a moment, that is absolutely true. True. You're either, you either do good at something or you just don't. Mm -hmm. Now. But you could improve. How there is that? Go. Yeah. I mean, what's your, what's your determination to be good at it right. or to get good? Uh, my abilities are unchanging. I don't like being challenged. I can either do it or I can't, which kind of seems re repetitive. 
Uh, my potential is predetermined. Okay, so we can kind of get into all the uh, all the religious discussions there. <laughs> uh, when I'm frustrated, I give up. Feedback and criticism are personal. I stick to what I know. Uh, yeah, uh, but you can learn more. Right. So right. even if you stick to what you know, you can know more as yep. you learn. Uh, so growth mindset, failure is an opportunity to grow, which everybody should be learning something from failures. I can learn to do anything I want. Challenges help me grow. My effort and attitudes determine my abilities, which is 100% true. Feedback is constructive. I'm inspired by the success of others. I like to try new things. I mean, isn't that parenting? Right. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's that's honestly, where it comes from. Isn't that like right? Like literally, the t- as as a parent, is aren't those all like how you teach your children? Right. Like, to me, that all that stuff seems so futile to have to be split right, into right. into columns. Yeah. I mean, why would yeah. you have to justify that? Right. Why exactly. Would- and so, well, that's the thing. When we were going through that little. Uh, training that talked about a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth. How many people were in there just kind of laughing, being just taking like, why it? Why are we having to have a training on this? Right. This could have been handled right. in an email. Right. Right. Uh, or maybe just a directive from your boss that said, "Hey, uh, why don't you just be open to some things? Mm-hmm. You know, let's uh, don't be fixed to right. to not learning a new technology that we're definitely going to have to learn. You know, as um, as education morphs." Right. Obviously, we didn't think it was going to morph this quickly because nobody knew about COVID except maybe three or four people. But uh, but anyways, I guess my point is, is that people have to be spoon fed common sense. People have to be spoon fed desire, determination, Mm -hmm. things like that to want to be better people, to want to be better at in, in, in industry, whatever industry they're at. And it's you know, that to me is the where people talk about the dumbing down of things. Absolutely. This has been dumbed down yep. to, uh, I don't really know how I can fix my problem. Let me go Let me go research it mm-hmm. and see, oh, fixed mindset, growth mindset. I didn't think about it that have way. You, have you ever right. seen Idiocracy? I mean, yes. Yes. We, we are living in it. Before, yeah. We are living in it. Idi- we're getting there. And the thing is, when I, when, I, when I first saw that movie, yeah. I thought it was, I was like, oh, there's no way. Like, you know, and then, <laughs> then if you were watching it today, you're like, this is right. Yeah. Like yep. honestly, if somebody would say, oh, "I shouldn't be in this prison line. I, I right. was accused wrongly. Right. I'm in the wrong line." Oh, sure, go ahead. You know, like, yeah. You laugh yeah. back then. You're like, "Oh, well, this is this yeah. is today." Oh my gosh, so. it's it's very very funny. It's very very. It's it's so comical because of how potentially true it's. Oh, it's oh yeah, one hundred percent going it's to be coming. in its entirety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of dramatization in it <laughs> for the sake of comedy. True. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's. There, just look at some of the some of the speeches from the president. Yeah, right. He can't get out a word a lot of times, and he tries apparently really hard yeah. to say a number, to say yeah. uh, how many vaccines can uh, that we have that can vaccinate certain amount of people, and you know, four million vaccines. We'll make sure 300 people get vaccinated. You bet. You know. Yeah, yeah. And he says, "Hey, how many times does he say it before somebody's hey, right. hey, man, hey." Right. You're gonna have to put the word million behind, mm-hmm. uh, or thousand, or whatever the whatever the number was, uh, so people don't think that you're a moron. Right? You know? Uh, <laughs> did y'all see? The, I don't want this really to get that political, but it's really kind of funny. Some of the things that have happened, it almost seems like there's some strings, and he's just attached to them, right? Somebody's got the somebody's got their hands above their control on them. But uh, when he was uh, 
on a virtual meeting with uh, with the house, and uh, he asked, he told Nancy he'd take questions, and then the feed cuts off. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm here to take questions right. now, whatever you want me to do. Right. Me. Right. 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 Like he's gone. So somebody was like. Technological glitch. Right. Mm-hmm. Somebody was on the background saying, this was not scripted. Right. Right. This right. is not something he can handle right, right now. He, he he has. I mean, it's clear he's got dementia in some right. way. Right. He can't formulate thoughts. But uh, but again, he's the oldest president we've ever had. And how is he the most popular? Anyways, I don't want to jump down that rabbit hole. But it's but hey, who? How did he get those votes? Mm-hmm. The millennial generation wanted Donald Trump, the guy who's bucking the system, out. Because he was offending too many feelings, right? He was he was he was making too many too many wrong statements for people, you know. And again, the difference between Gen X and Millennial on is feelings belong everywhere now. Feelings had a specific place back when. Well, we're more feelings over facts today, so right? That's, yeah. that's what you're... yeah, absolutely. So, and that's just the major characteristic difference between the kids or the the people nowadays and the people back, you know, right. who actually built this country. Well, they would, you know, the those older generations would say, "Yeah, that's all well and good, kid, but this is what matters, and this is what is important." And they would talk about that, right. Good. Just get closer to your mic. I don't know how many people are going to hear that on the audio, but that's no, good. It's okay, it didn't matter. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. It is what it is. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but yeah, man, I just I had this. I don't know what it was. Whether it was an epiphany, whether it was just some desire to to try to analyze when some kid in class or some thing on the street happened. Uh, I was like, what is wrong with the youth of today? What is? How do they really think that whatever they're doing is good or? popular or wanted i saw a kid walk into uh walk into texas roadhouse last night and uh he had a scarf on his head i mean the full six eight inch scarf tied to his head like a bandana this kid could not have been he could not have been over over 17 he i mean i guess he could have but i don't i I honestly didn't think he was neck tattoo like full like how first of all how do you i can't i can't imagine right. getting tattooed on my neck i can't imagine getting tattooed anywhere i don't have one but uh i mean this kid was clearly trying to trying to either impress somebody fit in with some crowd or has no has no mirror like that to me those are the only three possible explanations but he's walking out in public like that it reminded me of big daddy you seen the movie big daddy with absolutely okay so uh he, the kid wanted to be called Frankenstein, right? right? And he's like, okay, Frankenstein, what are you wearing to school? Yeah. He comes out with rain boots and uh, just a crazy outfit. Right. And he's like, that's what you want to wear? Okay, good luck walking out in public right. in that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, but that's literally what we're, we're seeing, that type of stuff, yep. except kids, this this kid was uh, kindergarten, right? So five, mm-hmm. six years old, clearly not able to make his own decisions, mm-hmm. and, and those all be okay, right? Needed some parental guidance. Uh, but now, but that's happening with kids that are 17, 8, 15, 16, 17, 18, up into their 20s, you know? Yeah. And until they have something negative that happens to them or something adverse that they can't handle, that's what's going to cause a change, right? Oh, I can't handle that anymore. I'm going to have to do something or whatever. Right. And even still, is that going to be something they do? 
and anyways it's just hard to handle it's hard to look at i'm i'm looking at anybody and everybody like i'm like, like look at that what at least we can wear bandanas that and just face walked. coverings now though like that's pretty legit can we without robbing banks has that that's been a oh you're just talking about in general just in general yeah yeah no uh look. so the whole facial recognition software is kind of out the window right now because mm-hmm. you got to wear the mask it right? is uh until wednesday in texas right we'll see what happens we'll see but uh, but anyways, but yeah, man, you just every generation is going to do something, going to do something different. It's going to be responded differently by the older generations. Uh, you know what? Hey, in in ten years, millennials are going to have this conversation about Gen Alpha whenever they old enough right. to actually do something that has some meaning or whatever, and they respond to different stimuli in different ways. And that to me, that's scary, right? The 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 generation that brought skinny jeans and made those things a thing, mm. right? Never a good look, right? No. Uh, no, it was it was the best look for the millennials. Apparently, uh, they're going to be critiquing the generations that come after them. And they sagged the skinny jeans. That's even worse, right? Uh, how, why, number one, you're getting pants that don't fit. Number two, you're showing that they don't fit with a belt. Right, right, absolutely. Uh, so you know, uh, Jason. One time you talked about words having meaning. Uh, <laughs> Clothing items have meaning. They do. You know, one um, one keeps them Sh- around your waist. shirts. Right. <laughs> Ones that barely cover you. Right. I, see, I wish the tall tees would come back Ugh. just for the sake of I wouldn't have to see the underwear anymore. Excess shirt. Sagging, right? Excess shirt. So anyways. But uh, but listen, hey, every now and then you just have to, you have to think about what's happening around you. You have an opinion about it. It's probably something you didn't think you cared about until you started diving into it, which is ultimately what happened when I started researching all this type of stuff. But, uh, you know, if you, have a, if you have a house that you need fixed, you have a house you need to sell, if you have a house that you need to move because uh, it was an inheritance or, uh, you know, divorce or any, any crazy life situation, make sure you give the uh, home buying guys a call. Great dudes. They'll take care of you. They almost took care of me. Uh, but, of course, I wasn't the only decision maker for the house. So uh, I, I wasn't uh, the only person to say yes. I did say yes, but she said no. So, anyways, they came out and gave me a fair estimate. They took care of what I needed them to take care of so I could move on. And, uh, you know, they'll do the same for you if you give them a shot or they'll help you fix anything you need to fix. Matt, I appreciate you coming out. I hope it's not the last time. I think yeah, it was uh, fun, man. I think we're setting up Monday next week, potentially. Okay. Possibly. Uh, well, we, I got some things that just kind of developed in the works with in terms of uh, a vacation. So I don't know if that's going to take me through Monday or if it's going to get me back here Monday. But uh, but Jay Bird, you got uh, Carter next week, right? Yep. yep. So uh, so you'll be a couple weeks out. Right. But uh, listen. You know, if something happens to where piano oh, is it piano? Piano does not happen on Monday. You bring him. I will be here. He'll play some PlayStation. You bet. And uh, and we'll get a, we'll get the recording going. You bet. But guys, until next time, I am the average Joe Boo telling you to keep it clean. We got dad jokes and topics waiting. We will reveal them in the next show. If you got a second, please give us a rating. Joe Boo is meaner than the average Joe. But just remember the average Joe. That you give a listen to our show.
takes a couple of hours to get on a train. A new episode coming out again. These ain't short and we ain't that small. We can't record with anybody at all. These ain't short and we ain't that small. We can't record with anybody at all. Bring it on off and be sure to stay long.